welcome back to the Anika Apple podcast. It's great to be back with you. And we made it. We are in the year of 2024. How about that? 2023 was quite the year. Um, and I'm so excited the promises of the year ahead. And I hope you have had a great start to the year. So happy new year to you all. Today's focus on the Anika Apple podcast is the divine guidance for the month of January, and it is fully loaded. Um, it's a bit more than just simply the month of January. It really is a bit of an overview of what is ahead. Um, some of what is ahead is really about 2024. Some of the things that I will share will continue on over the next couple of years, um, at least 18 months. And so we will see some of these things continuing to come into fruition as we go. Today's message is meant to be instrumental for you to think about self, self first. And there will be things that I share in here that will help you to have a lens with which to look at what's happening outside of you, around you in the world. But the call to action is to look at yourself, to listen to this message and to hear it in relation to where you are in your journey, to the internal work that you want to do, to your healing journey, um, to your relationship, to the divine, to your higher power, to the creator. It is really for you to be thinking more broadly about yourself and the choices that you're making and the impact of your choices on the broader world. Um, that said, I mentioned that this is packed. There is a lot here. Um, you may feel some energetic shifts as I go through this divine guidance. Um, and I will tell you, um, for those of you that have been watching since I started sharing the divine guidance, that um, I am going to share some biblical references today um, and have done a bit more of that in the last few um, Divine Guidance episodes. Um, but that is what I expect to continue to be the direction going forward. Um, like anything, I encourage you to stand, to stand in what you believe to connect what I am sharing with you to how you see your relationship with our creator, with the creator of all, with source. Um, the biblical references are really around us helping to understand the way that the word of God is meant to be digested. The word is for all. I understand that we use different, um, different texts um, to support the religious beliefs that we have. My hope is that as you hear the divine guidance, which has been placed here for anyone who believes in God, in our higher power, in source, that you will understand that there is there are unifying principles in what I share. I'm sharing the text today because it is God's divine direction, not because this has shifted from being spiritual to it being religious. You understand and know that I am a Christian that I believe in God, that I follow Christ, and that I have been called to deliver this message in this way. And so that is what I will do because I honor what God has put before me. So I'm sharing that really not to be a disclaimer, but I want you to be on the journey with me as God continues to evolve the way in which God is directing me to share guidance. Um, I would tell you that we should be able to listen to anything from anyone at any time and discern what is from God. In the same way I come on and I typically will say to you, make sure you take everything I say back to God. You should take everything you say, everything that anyone says back to God, um, back to your source. This is no different. But what I encourage you to do is to explore the lesson underneath and look for the practical application, because that is critical. All of whatever happens in your evolution of your relationship with the creator, that is going to be on the trajectory between you and the, and the creator. My role is to impart the information. So let's get into it. 
So January and the year of 2024, what God has said to me is that this is going to be a time of tests. And this is not one test, one big long test with lots of parts to it, but we are going to experience tests in a multitude of ways. There are going to be tests for us personally in the way that we see and we understand things. There are going to be tests that really look at what is foundation in the way that we think about things, our, our um, precepts that we have about things, the way that we connect with one another, how we look at and interpret the world. So all of that is present. We're going to experience some things physically that are going to be complex. Um, as I go in, you will understand even more of that as I share some of the detail. But what you should know is that tests have preparation, right? If you go back to school age time, you might have had a pop quiz, but if you were doing the assignments all along, you were prepared. You might have had a final exam. And perhaps because the final exam typically covers more than just the unit that you're in, you might need weeks to study for it. And so if we know that we're going into a time of tests, I think it would behoove us all to ask a really good question of our creator, what's on the test? What things do I need to do to be prepared for the test? And if we looked at life as a test versus a test as an event, but really truly the culmination of all things, then we would be able to understand what we are standing in right now. This is not, when I said pass the test a moment ago, I was not talking about because we're looking for a grade and this is the end of this event. This test is supposed to be in preparation for what we experience in life. Imagine if that's the way it happened in school. I think even the kids that are in school today would feel better about it. The intent is there for it to be checking to see if you really understand skill. But sometimes we get focused on taking the test and not the actual learning. How many times have you heard someone say, well, did you learn anything to someone who failed a class or a test? Because if learning was the real metric, then they would be successful if their answer was, yes, I've learned things. And maybe it's not what they've learned is not even the content for that particular class, but what they learned is the valuable lesson of not studying or not paying attention or taking notes or whatever, you fill in the blank. So to start off, if I'm you, I'm thinking, what am I getting from this divine guidance that will help me to prepare for the tests that are life? Because that is what this is about. Different than when you sign up for a class and you know what you're getting into, this is life. And tests are going to come in all different forms, through all different places. Some we're going to know, we're going to be able to see coming. We're going to be able to identify some of the things I will share with you today will help you keen, have a keen eye and ear to some of the things that you'll want to watch out for. But indeed, it's a test nonetheless. And you never know exactly what is on it. What I love about God is that there's always an open book test. You always have the, the opportunity to study and learn. There were always lessons that are around us. It's whether or not we really took them in. And here's the thing. If you learn something, you cannot fail, correct. But there also may be things, consequences, experiences that we have to go through because of the result of how we performed that particular test. All right, yeah, I think you get the picture, so let's go ahead. So I'm going to take you through a couple of themes and then I'm going to go into some specific um, specific areas of text that God has directed me to to do a bit of, of bringing it to life for you. Um, so the first theme is where will you go if you cannot run? Where will you run if you cannot run? Where will you go if you cannot run? So in the time up ahead, there are going to be moments where the desired route may be one of escape, and you may not be able to do that. So where will you run? 
The obvious answer is you always want to get to shelter. You don't know what, what is going on around you. You want to get to a place of safety. But what if the place of safety that you see in the physical is miles away and you simply cannot get there for whatever reasons? You will have to be able to create a place of safety, a place of respite that you can inhabit for the time being. So what does this mean? Because this, this, this theme probably feels very nebulous to you. Let me help you with that. There are going to be moments in the time up ahead where the desired thing that you have that is considered safe for you is unavailable. So how do you create a sense of safety when you can't do it with the things that you've done it with in the past? So for example, if money has equated to safety for you and you either do not have or cannot access your money, what will you do? How will you safeguard? You can apply this same thought to anything for you that is created as a place of safety in your mind. So if safety is going to your church and you cannot get to your church, where will you run? Where can, where can you create the experience of being in church? We saw in the pandemic that there were so many places that did remote, right? So we already know that there was a way to create the connectivity and inherent safety that one might be looking for through a virtual means. In the time up ahead, we will have to pivot quite a bit. And sometimes your pivot is going to need a pivot, is going to need a swivel, it's going to need a turnaround, will need a 360. That is how much stuff you can expect to be going on in the time up ahead. So if that is true, you have to begin to think about what really is required for you to feel safe. Safe is one of those words that typically creates an immediate picture in your mind. I think that if someone said, describe to me what it looks like to you to be safe, you could articulate exactly what it is. It's a location. It's being with these people. It's having this. It's having access to that. Like we can typically identify it. But what if you don't have the ability to access those things? then what's really required for you? So your first theme is to get to a place where you really understand what's required for you to feel safe. Safety for me is that I am locked in with God. I like the creature comforts that I equate to safety, but I am clear that if those things are not accessible, I'm not going to decide that I am no longer safe. I'm going to look to God and say, how am I to move in this time to ensure that I am covered by your safety? Where will you run if you cannot run? There is a time coming up ahead where many places around the world are going to experience war. They are going to experience it in ways that they have not experienced before. We are going, we're coming up on a time where we're going to start to use words to describe war and warfare that have never been used before. It is a really complex time, so much that it's hard to even put words to the images of what God has shown me. But things that you have believed in and considered to be safe before <laughs> are already under attack. <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example and I'm going to use the church. And this is, this is, it's hard, but it's truth. For many, 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 many decades and generations, we consider the church to be the safest place. And we don't have to go into detail to think, to talk about scandals that have had, that have put a poor mark on the church. Now, those, those scandals and issues and things are related to people, right? People who made decisions, choices, etc., so forth. 
but also the act of covering up those things, but also the act of making victims victimized again. Like whatever those situations are, the place that we consider to be safe, all of a sudden it was like, nope, this is marked unsafe. That's what is going to continue to happen, not specifically the church. I'm using that as an example. So I want you to think about the other institutions and places that you have considered safe that may not be. So where do you go? Where do you run to when you can't run to the places and experiences that you feel are safe? What if there are things that are challenges happening in your immediate vicinity and you can't get physically away from it? Where will you go? And prayerfully, you will find a place of peace that exists on the inside of you that cannot be taken away. Because that indeed is what we will need. The more that you can cultivate that in the time up ahead, you will be prepared because what is known by very few is fully unknown to us as a collective. When we get prophetic words, we get it in part. And so as, as exhaustive as I will be with everything that God has given me, it's simply just a portion. It's just a sliver to create the space for you to go back to God, for God to fill in as much as God will fill in the blanks in this time. And for other words, other prophetic words to be able to be melded with it to help create a picture that is in alignment with what God wants us to know about this time. There's not a completeness of every detail of what is to come that's available to you, which is why these prophetic words are so important and more important than that is your relationship with God, because that is how you will decipher it and understand it. Nothing that I ever share is meant to send us into a tailspin. You read, if you read the Bible or the Torah or what have you, you will see in the book that there is enough prophecy there that still is current and relevant for us today to cause concern. This is about us understanding truth and being prepared for what is to come. And I don't know who needed to hear this, but that was not a plan of what I planned to say. And Holy Spirit is leading me in that direction right now to come straight at this thing. Understand that everything that we deliver requires deciphering and the deciphering can only be done by God, period, full stop. So I can tell you what I see. I can tell you what God said. I can tell you what God has given to me years ago about this time, which is lining up with the word that God has given me. I can tell you all those things, but you still need to understand it related to you and your specific place in this world, because we are all not going to experience the same things. Let me go into the next thing. God said there's going to be an airstrike, the likes of which are unusual, and it's going to have an impact on radio communication. God specifically said radio communication. So I asked God, do you mean satellite? Because so much of radio is satellite and everything that we use to connect is satellite. God said radio communication. What's the core of the system that we think about that is, that is how we can communicate from one to another? Radio is a big term. Check that out. The next thing that God said is that foundations are crumbling and hear this. They are faulty, poorly manufactured. There's corrosion and they have been poisoned. So let's talk about that for a moment. When something is faulty, it has the appearance of things that have been put in place to do the job they're supposed to do. Immediately, it makes me think of an electrical outlet, right? Like where there's faulty wiring, you could look at the outlet and it looks perfect, but the wiring behind it, if it's not correct, you're not going to get the juice that you need. Second, poorly manufactured. So the design may have been spot on, but when the work was done, 
The details were not appropriately given to the work to make sure that it could withstand what is to come. Withstanding what is to come is like you saying you create a shelter, but it can't withstand the storm. Poorly manufactured means if that gust of wind blows just right, that thing falls apart. That is what we are to be aware of. Corrosion. So perhaps everything was put in place just right. And corrosion makes me think about pipes. There's something that happened that started to eat away at the ability for the thing to be able to deliver its use. If we've ever seen corrosion on a battery, right? The battery was fine, the casing is still enclosed, but something else has gotten on the outside of it that now is stopping the connectors from being able to be properly fit together for the charge to go forth. And poisoned, simply put, something has been placed there to taint what was created and should have been able to stand. Now, I know you are wondering as you hear me talk about those four different types of ways the foundations are crumbling, but what is the foundation? Well, what do you hold dear? What is it that you are holding onto as a foundational thing in your life? Because God asks of us to trust only in God to seek only God. We are to love one another and put our trust in God. Yet when we see something that seems to have a firm foundation, our thought is like, well, that should be sturdy. It should be good. Well, what has foundations? Courts of justice have foundations. Governments have foundations. Financial institutions have foundations. Family has foundations. Healthcare has foundations. So think about it. What foundations are you concerned about being solid? And then do a little bit of investigating. Check to see how secure really is it. Best way to go and do the investigation. I know we all love Google. I love Google. But the best place for the investigation of the foundation is to go to God. Is to ask God, ask Holy Spirit to show you what is in the foundation of the places that you are entrusting your resources to, that you are trusting to get information from, that you are trusting to be places of education. Find out about the foundations because what God is saying is that they are going to crumble. We're going to see faulty wiring sticking out. We're going to see the corrosion underneath. We're going to know and have evidence that something that was good has been poisoned and we're going to see the poorly manufactured thing falling apart. That is what we're going to experience in the time up ahead. Now, a few months back, I talked about how there was going to be some issues in the financial sector. There are going to be some businesses that fall. There are going to be some things that happen financially that are going to shift the trajectory. This is not just about the United States dollar. This is about financial systems around the world. So before you identify something as your way forward, whether you are a business owner, an individual, whether you're just looking at where you wanna open a savings account, where you wanna put your 401k, make sure that you are taking those things into your conversation with God. I'm gonna pause for a moment right now because what I am hearing is that some people think that God does not have an interest in the minute details of your life. God knows the exact count of hair on my head, exact. God is so deep in the details of my life, there are things that I'm blown away that God brings back to my remembrance, that God sends somebody to say to me, that God shows up and I know that God saw the, the intricate detail. God is in the details. God would not ask us to come consult, to seek First, the kingdom of God, if there wasn't an intention for us to go there directly, God wants us to consult them on it all. And what you need to understand is in the time up ahead, you are not going to have time to recover things that are lost because you didn't seek the counsel from our wise counselor. You've got to use your wisdom and discernment, and it must be seeking wisdom only from God. So those are the key themes that are coming up. And now I'm going to take you into the scripture in the way that God has designed for me. 
there are themes attached to these as well. First, first I'm going to go into Acts 12. I'm not going to be reading the scripture. I encourage you to read it in your, in your own individual time, but I will give you a high level summary of what it is that we are to know about this particular passage that God has led us to. So in Acts, I'm going to start off in um, Acts chapter 12. And when we get to this chapter, Peter has been thrown in jail by Herod. So we see here that when Herod has James, the brother of John, put to death, that the crowd reacts in such a way. And he's, he's basically, he's getting all his likes. He's getting everyone to feel like, oh yes, this was good. You've done a great thing here. And so he takes Peter and throws him in jail as well. Now, when Peter is jailed, there is a miraculous escape. Peter is able to get out of jail because an angel of God comes and removes the handcuffs and essentially helps him escape from jail. Ultimately, as you finish, this, finish the story, Herod goes back and he starts to, uh, to um, have an inquisition. And then he decides to kill all of the people who are on guard who let Peter escape. That's the only way that Peter gets out. It could, it, it could have only possibly been that. So what God said to, for us to know about this is that we should not be so quick to judge. And when we are, when we are looking at the text, we see that Herod was erroneous in determining that they must have been um, fallen off the job when they allowed Peter to escape. But he was incorrect, right? Because there was a miracle that happened that released Peter from jail. And at the same time, when he saw the behavior of the people after he had James killed, he decided to then have Peter arrested. Again, so quick to judge. The public opinion was that killing James was the right thing. And so therefore him arresting Peter and whatever he planned to do to Peter afterwards would have been the right thing to do. We sit in a time where the court of public opinion is often the things that people are checking the temperature of rather than just doing what they know to be right. We cannot use the court of public opinion to make decisions about how we move forward to do the will of God, to be in alignment with the divine. We must do what we know is right, what we hear directly, what God has deposited, what we know. We have to move forward in that way because judging will get us in trouble every single time. What do you need to know about this? One, you don't know everyone's assignment. You truly do not know. There are going to be more times in the months up ahead where people were like, I never would have thought that that person, I never would have expected, I never would have. And there are going to be times where you are sure that something looks a certain way, it must be. And then you find out that it's not. It's like if you've ever seen those pictures where something is zoomed up real close on something and it's like, what is that? And then all of a sudden the, 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 it zooms out and you're like, oh, it's an apple. Like you don't know. You can't possibly know because God hasn't told us all of the levels of detail that exist. So for you, the way that you can manage yourself in this season is to make sure you're not sitting in a place of judgment and you're not looking to people to tell you whether or not what you're doing is right. I know it's hard. I have been on my own journey with this and I am grateful for the way that God has been processing me through it. We all need that. Because one of the things that God said in, in the divine guidance in December is that we are in a time where we can be duped so often. We, we have gone so far away from understanding what's really true that people who are good storytellers can craft anything and make us believe it. The differentiation is that when you go to God, you can say to God, I know Anika is a good storyteller. Is this truth? And God will tell you. That's the difference. 
because otherwise you might have to line up multiple people next to each other and have a difficult time telling who is telling the truth. We are not to lean on our own understanding. We have to seek the wisdom of God. The second one, which dovetails into trickery, really is that, is in Acts chapter 8, verse 20. And in this, we find that um, Peter's there and Simon the sorcerer, who is like the resident magician there, um, is ha has been doing all these different things to create the... Um, the impression that he has the ability to heal. He's a magician. He's using sorcery. And when he sees the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the people, he then asks Peter if he can get the power. He wants the power of Holy Spirit so that he too can lay hands and heal people. And he offers them money. And in, in Peter's response, and I'm going to read this because it's so powerful. He says, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. That you could buy the gift of God. Holy Spirit is given to us as a gift. Think about that for a moment. Why do you need to buy something that is given to you by your creator for free? Use that lens as people are telling you things, there's a difference between sowing into something where you are giving because you believe it's the right thing to do. It's the way you want to honor God versus buying something in order to have what has already been given to you. Trickery, fraudulent acts. And so Peter goes on to say, you'll have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right. It's full of bitterness and captive to sin, meaning your heart is bitter. So for whatever reason, Simon was bitter. One of the things that God had me working on personally last year was bitterness. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, you know, I'm always going to tell you the truth. God said, you're bitter. I said, no, I am not. I am not bitter. And that is exactly the way I responded to God. And I can imagine God looking at me like, there's your evidence. Bitterness is dangerous for us. We cannot operate from a place of bitterness, which means we constantly have to be um, inspecting ourselves. And in, and in some cases, we call that, you know, repentance, right? That we are analyzing what's happening with us and going back before God so that we can reconcile ourselves to God. That is going to be required. If you experience, if you know that you are someone who's struggling with bitterness, you've got to work through that because your heart must be pure for the path ahead. I am telling you right now, you will be so easily duped and tricked if you are harboring bitterness and your heart is not right, when your heart is truly pure, when you are seeking the purity of your heart from God, you are open to the space to experience God's correction. You will need that in the time up ahead. The next one is in Matthew, um, is, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go to Corinth first. Second uh, uh, Corinthians 13 and Remember the power of God. In this message, it's the scripture ends or a chapter, the section in the chapter ends with, and the God of love and peace be with you. The end of the chapter. May the God of love and peace be with you. And truly and indeed, that is what we should be fashioning ourselves towards. Imagine a journey into a time of tests where we are wishing, praying, offering peace and love that resembles God's light and truth to one another because we will need it. So here's what comes out of that word in instruction for us to examine ourselves, 
to recognize that we are in a time of continued exposure. We are going to, we've been, I've been saying exposure season, it feels like now for like two, almost three years, we are still in a time of exposure. But what God has been saying, we saw a lot of external exposure. We saw some examples across institutions. We've seen it in businesses and all of that stuff. It's going to continue, especially as we see the foundations crumbling. But what you are going to see a lot of exposure of is the personal heart of people. That exposure is going to come up more and more and more. And it's going to come up in ways where there is proof beyond proof that is going to be difficult for anyone to be able to refute. And you must still sit in a place where you don't judge, but you have awareness and understanding of what is happening. So this continued exposure that is on its way is going to be difficult. And if you can imagine, it's like I'm seeing um, a lion that is backed into the corner of a cell. Like, you know, when there's a lot, when, when you're at this, at the circus and they, they would hold the animals in different cages, right? And it's like, the cage is way too small for that thing anyway. It should not be caged, but it's backed into a corner. It looks like it's on defense. But what it's really doing is garnering all its strength to get out and strike. So imagine what comes after exposure that people are not prepared for. And after they begin to be um, questioned around whatever is being exposed and the way that they respond. And our response in turn needs to be one centered in the truth and love and light of God. To look to godly examples. Now, to be clear, this is not you saying that I'm going to take and put people on it on a pedestal. Hopefully the time of us doing that is far gone and we no longer put people on pedestals. Instead, we seek truth only from God. What we can do is ask God to show us the ways that people move that are in alignment with the way God wants us to show up. What we can do is move in such a way that we ask God to show us who is moving in alignment with the way God desires us to behave. When we do that, we will have good examples of what God expects of us in the world. The time up ahead will require you to examine parts of yourself over and over again. That's what healing is. And as we're doing that, we're going to see God point out and illuminate to what to us, to those that are open, people who have gone through what we have been through. So looking to examples is understand what places are similar and what things they did during their journey, how the closeness and proximity that they created with them and God created the space for God to heal those places in them. That is what it means. It's not about modeling yourself after or trying to duplicate someone else. You are to be you. I can't heal myself with a recipe that God has given you for your healing because our experiences are not the same. What I can do is ask God to show me the places in your life where there's synergy so that I might learn from your experience. By listening to and seeing your experience, I might see some pieces of myself that I then understand need healing that maybe I didn't recognize before. The next thing is that we should remember to be glad when we are weak and God is strong for us. There is so much present in the recognition of God as our strength instead of studying the vulnerability that we have. There have been many times in my life where I've been caught in this place of like, I don't like the feeling of being vulnerable. But here's the truth. You can counter that with recognizing that you have strength that comes from the higher power. You just have to allow yourself to be in truth, to allow the weakness, the vulnerability to be present so that God can be your strength. And when you identify it for yourself, that's when God can step in. You're creating this space for God to step in. God's like waiting. For that to be the case. So if I go back to the first theme, the where will you run if you can't run? Where do you go? This is the example of that. I am weak and so therefore I'm grateful God that you are strong, that you're my strength 
in this time that I'm vulnerable. So where do I run? I'm running to God. I'm looking to God for solace. I'm saying, God, all of the things that I used to believe were foundational are cracking. The places that I've been, there are things that I've never experienced before happening. There's destruction that's happening all around. I never thought I would withstand some of the things that I experienced in the United States because I've never had them happen here before. I've always seen them happening in countries around the world, but now they're here on my own soil. What do I do? And then waiting for God to give you instruction because God is responsible when you do that. God will provide the safe haven and give you the plan to get there. That's how it works. But you have to be willing to recognize and accept your own vulnerability. And here's what I would tell you. To do it now, today, whenever you're listening to this recording, to really say to God, I need you to be my strength, that's a part of provision. That's studying for the test. Because then God is going to say, this is what I need you to see about yourself. Here's what I need you to read. Here's what I need you to learn. Let me direct you to this. And you will start to gain the insight that you need, the wisdom that can only come from God. And while God is processing you, your discernment will grow. Lastly, Matthew 4, 24. And what God said to share with you about this text, there's a lot in, in, in this particular text. I definitely rec recommend that you read it. But there are going to be waves of illnesses, waves of illnesses throughout this year and beyond, waves. And we saw what COVID did, the impact. We're still understanding the impact back-to-back -back waves of illness. And that does mean that we are likely to see death in a way that we are not used to experiencing, at least in some corners of the world. So what do you do? You prepare. One of the things that we are to know and understand is that God is capable of healing. Like it, it God is the healer. And so it's not surprising to me as someone who has started a healing community that God directed, but there are so many people who are starting practices and communities and cohorts and programs that are all about helping people heal. Your healed self is going to be one of the ways you fight against the illnesses and disease and sickness that is going to come in waves. Healing is not just about the physical, it's about the emotional, mental, and spiritual. At least that is the way that, that I um, teach and share it. And so when you look across those parts of the body, when anything is in, in a state of imbalance, it has an impact on other parts. So ideally what we want is to work on healing across all parts of our body so that we are strengthened to withstand what is to come. Healing for me physically and spiritually are connected. Healing for me emotionally and mentally are connected. And each one of those is connected to the three others. They're all a part of what makes Anika able to be and do. So if I need to strengthen my immune system, I cannot only work on the physical things. I also have to work on myself spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And that could be as simple as I'm exercising, I'm drinking my water, I'm getting enough rest. I'm praying daily. I have meditation. I do yoga. And I spend time processing the stories that I have about myself. It means I'm working on my mindset. It means I'm working on my emotional well-being. So if I'm doing something for all four of those areas, I'm going to strengthen myself overall to be able to withstand more of what is to come. Now, when I couple that with discernment and wisdom from God, I should be in pretty good shape. And all of that, of course, hinges on the decisions and choices that you've made in secret with God. Last thing that I would say to you is this. January is a time where you are going to begin to see the promises of God showing up in a way that is unimaginable. I can tell you we are just five days into January and God has absolutely done something miraculous every day. God has been blowing my mind. And we stand to experience more and more of that. God is looking for us to have great expectation of God. To come believing 
that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think or ask. That we trust and believe that healing is available from God. So your January can be filled with miracles if you choose to believe. I've heard many things are the currency of heaven and I know that obedience is one. Walking in obedience to God, understanding what it is to be connected with your creator, that is critical for the time up ahead. There's also a really complex time that is unfolding for people. In all of the things that I talked about today, you can imagine that people that are experiencing those things are struggling. They're wrestling with their foundations, crumbling. They're wrestling with the exposure that is happening. God is the only way through it. And so I want to encourage you Go back and listen to the other Divine Guidance um, messages starting last summer because there is a lot of insight in there. There are things I haven't talked about that will be present this year. I've alluded to quite a bit. It is a really complex time. And what I'm hearing right now is to remind you that grief is something that is required for us to understand and to process. Earlier today, I did a podcast episode um, for the Remarkably Me podcast, and we were talking a bit about grief. And one of the things that is that um, the that our guest shared, um, her name is Monique Williams, and you'll definitely want to check out that episode. But one of the things that she talked about was being ill-equipped to handle grief when it hit home, and. It's, it's so interesting that we have spent so much of our lives getting to places where we feel accomplished, like we should know how to handle whatever comes. Hear me when I say, you are not equipped to handle what is coming by yourself. You cannot. What is coming is going to require community. And the community that you need is one where there is safety in one another, where there is trust, where there's vulnerability, where you operate with integrity and the character of God, and where each of you are continuously seeking after God for wisdom. Because if you look around and you can take, a, take stock of your friend group, there are similarities that likely brought you together as friends. But each of you have things that you are really excellent at. And then you have things that you're really good at. And then you have areas where you'd like to learn and grow, perhaps things that you're exploring. Maybe you want to develop expertise in them. And you have places that are not your strength. It's not by accident that many of those things will counter one another. Look at your friend group and ask yourself, what are we missing in here? Like if in your group, I was talking to a couple of my sisters, if there's not a financial expert in that group, it's a problem. Because I've said multiple times, there are some shifts that are going to happen financially. And so what you need is somebody who understands the world of finance and is connected to the heart of God. Who's committed to integrity and walking in truth. You need that. Likewise, you're going to need that in other areas. And so what God does is encourages community of people to be in alignment because God knows if I have a group of close friends, or my prayer sisters, the, the Mavens, if I am with the Mavens International, the men and women who comprise that, and something happens to me, I'm struggling or wrestling with something, being in community means that they're going to hold me accountable. They're going to challenge me. Because in the past, when I walked by myself, I might fall away from God and not be present. But in this season, to do that means there's likely devastation. If I go back to just my prayer sisters, the close prayer sisters that I pray with all the time, we know each other's hearts. We know what's going on. Even when we don't talk, we can feel a move. And because we are tapped in, God can say, go get your sister. 
If I think about my close friend circle, there's a resonance that we have about one another and we're constantly looking at how we, we can share what we are upskilling with one another. That's a great way for God to be able to drop wisdom into one of us that is then shared throughout the group. Community is so important. And I imagine that in the months to come that God will give me more ability to share some of the things that I've seen and what I know to be true. But I tell you this, it is not a time where isolated people survive and thrive. I see people making it through, literally crawling on their hands and knees. It is going to be complex if you don't have a tribe. And that's not to say if you are feeling a sense of isolation today that you should worry. You should ask God, who is your tribe? Get in alignment with your tribe. Ask God to show you your people and build those relationships now. Again, passing the test. Preparation is all of the things that you have heard today and that you know that God has been showing you that you can do to make sure you are in the best possible position for what is to come. I told you January was gonna be fully loaded and it was. I know that this is having resonance with you. I believe that this is one that you will want to save and come back and listen to because there are definite layers here. For those of you that read the Bible, I would encourage you to go and look at the scripture and allow God to minister to you, allow Holy Spirit to speak to you about what you're reading. And in all things, I believe in setting intention and that would look like saying, show me me. I want to see and know how you want me to apply this to my life. The things that I heard today that I took notes on that I am absorbing, where are their implications for my life? What do I want my experience to be? And then moving in a way that you are preparing yourself for those things. As I close, I want to encourage you to continue to build and strengthen your relationship with the creator. I invite you to take a look at the show notes and see the links that I have placed there around the Healing Crusade, which can be a resource for you, the Remarkably Me podcast, which is a great tool to help supplement your healing journey through hearing the power that is inherent in the stories of others. And their healing journey can be so healing to you to allow yourself to be seen and to connect. And you may find some resources there that are helpful for you along your journey. Lastly, I'd like to remind you that part of my work is as a trusted advisor and coach. And you can find the link um, in the bio or in the show notes that will connect you to how to connect with me if you're interested in learning more about the work that I do. I wish you a very prosperous, efficient, effective, and an abundant life in 2024 and beyond. May the God of peace and love be with you. As always, peace and blessings.